This is the Langpreneur podcast where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, it's Jan. You're listening to the Langpreneur podcast. Good that you're here today. Um, in today's interview, we're going to talk about selling language courses in niche markets. So, all of the I think yeah I think all of the uh, all of the guests that I've interviewed so far sell to the international markets, right? To English speakers. Well, if your uh, if your native language is not English, or if there is another language that you speak very well, which is not English, you can of course also consider to sell to a niche market or in a niche market. Today's guest on the podcast is Pierre Josran. He's the founder of Olamigo. Olamigo is a blog and a YouTube channel where he helps French speakers to learn Spanish. Okay, so we're going to learn more about selling in niche markets, the benefits of doing that, some of the things that you have to take into account. And um, yeah, actually, Pierre went, um, he quit his job not very long ago, last year, one and a half year ago, and uh, he's now doing this full time. So we're also going to talk about that process, um, you know, starting a blog, getting enough traffic, selling courses, and then getting to the stage where you can actually quit your job and go full time, work full time on your language business. That's what many of you want, right? So in this interview, you're going to learn more about Pierre's story. Um, we're going to talk about the right mindset that you need to have if you want to build a language business through content creation how to get traffic to your website. Uh, we're also going to talk about how to get started on YouTube if you're uncomfortable in front of the camera. And we're going to talk about the benefits of selling in a niche market. If you're ready, then let's get started. But let's first go and say thank you to our sponsor. Do you have the feeling that you're not using the full potential of your language business? Or maybe you're at a point where you feel that you need some expert help. Well, then you're in the right place because we have a small number of clients that we work with one-on-one. And when we take on new clients, we always have one goal, help them grow the profits in their business. And in fact, we only take on clients we are confident can earn back what is spent on coaching with us within the first three months. So we do this through lots of different ways. And some of the ways we ha- we've helped people with in the past are discovering the holes in their business, fix them and instantly generate more monthly revenue. Or think about things like um, getting clarity on your business situation and create a killer business strategy based on your personal ambitions, creating sales, sales funnels and increasing conversion, creating a strong future-proof brand that stands out from the competition and you know, doing high converting product launches. So if this sounds like something for you, then go to langpreneur.com forward slash coaching and join the waiting list. We will mail you when we have a free spot. Again, langpreneur.com forward slash coaching. See you there. Okay, welcome back. Now let's get started. Here is my interview with Pierre from Olamigo. Hey Pierre, welcome to the Langpreneur hey. podcast. Before we start, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, so my name is Pierre, I'm from France, obviously, and 
I have a YouTube channel and a blog, and I help basically uh, French people learning Spanish. Yeah. So that's what uh, I'm doing now. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your, like your personal background, because how did you get into learning Spanish? You first learned Spanish yourself, right? Yeah. So I wasn't studying at all uh, languaging languages at the beginning because I did a business school, mm-hmm. but uh, one year before ending this, before graduating, mm-hmm. I had to do this internship, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn Spanish again because you learn it uh, in France at school, yeah. but you know, it's not always that efficient. So I had to learn it again on my own. And then I had this interview for the internship in, it was in Costa Rica because oh, right. I wanted so much to travel to Latin America. It was yeah. like, uh, a dream of mine since a long time so i learned i learned the language with what i could do you know staying home so mm. i had to learn on my, on my own making experiences and testing a lot mm-hmm. so and then i did this interview half french half spanish mm-hmm. and it works so I got the internship and I went for six months in Costa Rica in mm-hmm. Central America. Yeah. So from from there, I started this uh, blog yeah. uh, explaining a bit how I got this C1 level in Spanish. Oh, okay. uh, you know, I, I passed this test called uh, DELE. Yeah. It's, like, uh, it's a bit like a TOEFL or TOEIC, but this is a Spanish version version basically so i explained this a bit uh, talking a, a bit about travel of course in latin america all those mm-hmm. things and uh, yeah um, i created this blog and then uh, i quit uh, the business school and i started again new studies uh, in language mm. and i created uh, the youtube channel yeah and and yeah, that's well, more or less. Where, where were you in Costa Rica? So I was working uh, in the capital city, uh, okay. San Jose. San Jose, yeah. So that's that's not the best place in Costa Rica, you know. Yeah. But I, I could travel uh, during the the yeah. end of the week. Cool. Funny that I was in Costa Rica when I was nineteen. I also spent like three oh. months in Costa Rica doing voluntary work, and I tried to learn Spanish as well. I failed miserably, but yeah that's oh, cool that's for another that's for another time yeah costa rica was definitely uh was good fun there um but you started that blog when did when did you start a, what did you start first the blog or the youtube channel and when when was that the blog you know and it's it was like five years ago and at that time it was more about blogging in the in france for example blogging was beginning to be like trendy and i started uh, this blog uh, using um, help from people like uh, olivier roland for for example Uh, so those guys were teaching uh, marketing and how to live uh, how to live and 
to earn money with the your blog. blog or how to create an audience. Yeah. So I started like that and I wrote many articles and then uh, I tried uh, YouTube because I was consuming a lot of uh, video content. Yeah. So I, wa I wanted to do what I like the most as well, you know. And that's creating YouTube videos. Yeah. I see. So, well, today you have a pretty, I think it's one of the maybe biggest brands in France when it comes to learning Spanish. Is, is that correct? Yeah, I think I, I have a friend of mine that uh, is more about blogging. It's like Espanol Papa. It's like uh, Spanish mm -hmm. step by step. Oh, yeah. It is more about blogging. So yeah. yeah, on the French on the French market, there isn't that much uh, people. Mm -hmm. you know? Is there many people in France who want to learn Spanish? Mm, yeah, I think it's the second or the third most popular language for mm -hmm. French people because we have this border with Spain. Yeah, and. Many, I, I don't know really, I don't really know why, but many people want to travel to Latin America mm -hmm. as well. So, yeah, I think Spanish is very trendy and you learn it at school, but many times people uh, forget it. So they want to get back to it later mm -hmm. uh, to travel, for example, or many uh, elder people want to, to retire in Spain, for example, or in Latin America now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's pretty popular language. Hmm. So you started the blog five years ago and you were aware that it was actually possible to turn this blog into a business, right? So what were some of the lessons that you learned in the beginning? So I think one of the first lesson, lesson is you have to be very patient and do it uh, with patience because at first you won't earn any money. So you need to be very passionate about the, the topic you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Uh, because to me, I was like, okay, I just want to share this. And I knew there could be a way to monetize this, but at the beginning, it wasn't the, the first purpose. So. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, it's being really patient and uh, and trying to to enjoy the process. Yeah. And the second thing is that uh, it's even more uh, right. It's even more right with the blogging. You mm. need to wait a lot for SEO, for example, yeah. Yeah. Um, to to pick it up and show it yeah. in, in the rankings, right? To pay back. So. Yeah. For example, articles I wrote five years ago, yeah. uh, some of them are getting like a hundred uh, visits uh, a day now, yeah. uh, one per article. So yeah. it's very efficient, but yeah. you have to wait a lot. And I think you have to have that sense of SEO too, or yeah. to try at least to get what people are looking for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Like what questions, for example. Mm -hmm. So how do you know what the people are, are looking for? Like, do you use keyword research tool for, tools for that? Or you just go to Google and you, you know, you, you enter a keyword and you see like what the autofill suggests? I think, yeah, keyword search is a good way. I think if you're 
if you're not a native speaker, the good thing is that you can just try to explain all the difficulties you went through mm-hmm. during your the learning uh, of the language. Yeah. So that's very powerful because, for example, in Spanish, you have those uh, grammat- grammatical things quite complicated. It's like a por or par. It's like mm. for. There is two ways to say for something. Yeah. So por or para. Yeah, uh, yeah. Y eso, uh, and this is uh, quite complicated for us. Yeah. So I did a, a video about this. And of course, it it got like more than a hundred thousand views mm-hmm. because it was a very difficult topic and I, I was trying to to put it in a nutshell. Yeah, like to, to really break it down and clear sum it up, you know. So yeah. in like five, ten minutes. So for people it was very useful. Because sometimes you have to do the I think you have to do the dirty job. Like okay, this is very this subjunctive thing, for example, is very complicated so i will try to break it down yeah. as you said and to make it uh, easier to to learn yeah so you're really solving a problem right because people go to google because they have a problem so if they you know they they, they search for things like how does the uh, subjunctivo work in, in spanish right so then you, it's your yeah. job to actually break it down and, and explain it correct yeah uh, another example is ser y estar, yeah. uh, to be in Spanish, you know. So I did this one too, and it was very popular on YouTube and on, on my blog as well. So yeah. you can start if you're a non-native speaker or if you're a native speaker, a teacher, and you already have those students, mm-hmm. you can just ask them or ask yourself what were the main difficulties, and it will all be, be the same uh in general i think yeah yeah that's a good thing if you already have an audience right you can just ask your audience what what they're struggling that's way is the best of course uh you know to do a poll or something like that That, that's the best way of course but Mm -hmm. you cannot um do this at the beginning yeah yeah there's another benefit that you have is because you're doing this in the french in the french market right so you can go to Google and search for that same topic in French and see if there's already content out there. And if not, and you know, it's more likely that there is not in French because it's a smaller market, right? And you can be the first one to create yeah. really good content on that specific topic. Has that been one of your major strategies or, or not really? Or what was like no. the main strategy? What, how, how did you manage to grow the blog to the size? I, I think uh, first, the main strategy was doing very basic things, Mm -hmm. but things you obviously uh, need when you're starting, like abecedary, um, Mm. uh, basic uh, phrases uh, and uh, basic conjugations, for example. So I did this on a very basic way. And as I was evolving with the language, learning it, I tried to... Uh, each time to explain the thing I was learning. Yeah, uh, this is quite powerful because if you mm-hmm. can get it, then you can explain it e- easily. Yeah, and uh, that that's pretty cool. But yeah, the the main the thing who helped me the most uh, on YouTube was uh, exp- 
trying to explain those very difficult uh, grammatical parts. You know, mm -hmm. that was the main uh, strategy because I noticed there weren't that much of explanations in, in yeah. French for all those things like ser, or estar, por, para, um, and uh, conjugations too. Mm -hmm. And this uh, helped me a lot, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you really look at, okay, what are the people, what, kind, what are kind of the questions that the people are asking themselves? Uh, you, then you go to the internet and you look if there's already content out there. And if not, then you just make, to, do you make sure that you're the first yeah. one to really good content and answer and, this question. Yeah, and it's, I, I, I don't check if it has been already done or not. Mm. Because, you know, I think it can be silly to say, okay, he did this, so I won't do it. Mm. Uh, for example, uh, there is all this uh, pronunciation part uh, in, in Spanish about the R, la R, mm. so rolling uh, R's. Mm. And there were already some tutorials on YouTube or in articles. Mm. But I, say, I, I, I said, okay, I will do it, but I will, I will do it on, on my... In, on my own way mm. in a different way so yeah. i created this method was like the pigeon uh, technique mm -hmm. you know you can say uh, a funny name or something so that people remember yeah give it a name and, and show a different way to learn it maybe funnier or maybe just different so mm. I, I, I did this and for example this one about uh, pronouncing uh, ours in Spanish has about 100,000 uh, views for example mm. so it works a lot and maybe it was because it's difficult to explain the reasons but yeah. I think it was because I did it and it was a big question there were already some content but it was on a different way too mm. How often do you think that bloggers, you know, for those Langpreneurs who have a blog, how often and, and are actively actually focusing on growing the blog, how often do you think that they should publish a new article? Is it like a minimum or a maximum? Mm. I think the minimum is like one per week, you one know, per week. Yeah. because it's now I think less uh, is then it, it will be difficult just because Sometimes you do things, you think that's the people, that's what people are looking for. Sometimes that's not, or sometimes you have, you get lucky just because you publish so many articles yeah. so that uh, there is one who will become popular. So I think quantity is a good strategy too, because sometimes it might be a bit of luck or thing yeah. like this, but yeah. yeah, one a week is pretty cool. And I think, uh, you know, when I was at the event uh, last year, uh, you yeah. organized. Oh, the, the Language Influencer Summit. That was yeah. the name back then, right? Yeah. There was this good part about trying to do like very complete articles. And mm -hmm. I think that's a very good solution. Like mm -hmm. doing more than a thousand words, for example. Mm -hmm. Like trying to be very complete. Yeah. And for the videos, for example, uh, you know, at the beginning it's of course your first video will be uh, not that not that good the mm -hmm. quality won't be very good you won't speak and um, very clearly and yeah. and the editing will be poor so 
I, I did what I did and what I recommend for people to start on YouTube, for example, or in order to create a blog is making like a 30 day challenge, mm -hmm. for example, yeah. because you don't have the time to, sh to watch again your first videos and say, well, this one was really shilly or thing like this. So you just have to go for it and keep producing yeah. and you get way better in only 30 days just yeah. publishing. And it doesn't matter if it's a bad video because, you know, those videos, so few people will will watch it. Yeah, exactly. So That's you a can good go thing. to my channel and see there is like 2,200 view videos. And those are the first one. They are very bad. But, mm -hmm. I, but, I, but I keep them because, you know, it's sentimental. Yeah, and it can also be very inspirational for people who want to get started, right? And, you know, they can see how bad yeah. you are. Actually, I haven't seen them. Maybe you were good, but... Yeah, they can see how you have improved over time. And by this challenge, by the way, just for the listeners, the 30-day challenge, you mean that you put out a video every single day? Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. That kind yes. of challenge. So you say, okay, each day I will publish one. And uh, that's very efficient, yeah. Yeah. I think. That way you're really... Yeah, I mean, the only way to be, to really become good at podcasting or huge or creating YouTube videos is is by doing it, right? It's like going to the gym. The only way to gain muscle is to actually go to the gym and go to the gym and put in the hard work every day. So yeah, I can imagine that publishing yeah. a video for thirty days that's a really good you know workout, <laughs> so to say. Yeah, because many people are trying to do one mm -hmm. very good uh, video at the beginning. And they do it again and again and they keep changing things and they don't upload it because it's not perfect, you know. So sometimes it can be, it can block you and yeah. prevent you from uh, just keep publishing and then being better and better. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the, uh, the business, what it looks like today. Is this something like you, you do full time? Yeah. I had other... Uh, jobs before so I was working let's say part-time mm -hmm. and now it's a full-time since uh, uh, one year since about one year. one year one or one year and a half yeah. so it's great you know uh, just yeah. working on your own projects uh, that's uh, the best feeling it's yeah. very stressful but that's at the same time the best feeling, I think. Yeah. So people might think, you know, might be listening and think, okay, so how did you do that? He started with a blog. The blog went well. Later on, added a YouTube channel. And they have like traffic coming to your website. And then where, where does the money come from? It was weird because... Um, so the, the traffic uh, comes a lot through YouTube. Mm -hmm. and But... I did those articles uh, many years ago, so it, and many people now like 600 a day of visiting the, the website. But I I quit blogging just because I didn't like it and I wanted to focus on the on the video part. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, it's just an opinion, but uh, people are more get get more to know you uh, with video on yeah. video. Yeah. Than in a blog, you know, it, it can be more cold, maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, 
I think then if you want to sell something, a program or yeah. a technique, a method, uh, maybe people will buy more because they will yeah. get to know you more. Yeah. Maybe. Well, yeah. And we can, I can actually confirm that because um, like with Language Boost, the website that we run and where we sell, where we sell language courses, I actually recently did a survey and we, or we looked at the numbers and we found out that 90% of the website visitors come from Google, but 50% of the buyers come from YouTube. Wow. So that means that like the 10% that come from YouTube actually generate, it's, it's 50% of the business. That's business. impressive. Yeah, so I think that really demonstrates the importance of, you know, not hiding behind words and actually putting yourself out there, show your face, your voice, and really create that, that trust. So you've really seen YouTube as a, as a game. Yeah, and con concerning like choosing one platform, I will I would just recommend to choose the one you're using as a as a user, because mm -hmm. you will know all the codes, all yeah. the things about it. So yeah. for YouTube, because I was watching every day and every day hours and hours of content about language learning and other things. Yeah. So uh, I'm passionate about this uh, this platform maybe yeah. if you're on instagram you will get more of to uh, keep people uh, in interested uh, mm. on this platform if you're using it so yeah. that might be a way uh, to sh to choose maybe yeah so yeah so what is the business people go to your website and then oh, well, I, I, I i suspect that you sell courses Right. Tell us a little bit about that process, how that works. So it's like a three steps uh, process. People are, are going on the website or watching a video mm -hmm. and there I offer them this uh, free content. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like a small program, a mm -hmm. five days program about um, learning Spanish uh, from home. Mm -hmm. In this program, it's like basically it's five videos when I explain them how they can learn from home and which tools they can use. So mm -hmm. it's not like uh, you can, it's not the whole explanation and the method. It's more uh, uh, the theory about language learning and how yeah. you can apply it to Spanish. So. Yeah. Is there this five day five day course? Before it was a, a PDF, so before it was more uh, like an ebook. But I yeah. changed it uh, this year because it seems that people like to, to consume more video content. Mm. And then after after that, the once once a month uh, I do like a webinar, mm. so a web conference. And at the end of this conference, uh, after giving one hour of content, I propose them to buy a course yeah. where they can have like the, you know, the full package. So yeah. uh, they only have to, to buy it and then just listen the episode, yeah. follow the program and they don't have to do anything else. Yeah. And where do you promote this webinar? Like on your own mailing list or you're also running ads for that, for example? So it was only like natural traffic. 
mm-hmm. until a few months ago because since now i'm working with a friend of mine who yeah. is uh, a marketer yeah he's doing all all this marketing part like uh, selling pages yeah. uh, lead magnets uh, things like this so now he's running a few ads on on facebook mm-hmm. yeah so how was that transition because in the beginning you were doing everything by yourself that did you find it hard to outsource certain like the marketing task basically and hire someone else to do that for you yeah it's quite hard and even more when your business is a a lot about your own image you know yeah Yeah. can be difficult so for example i uh, i didn't put my name on my channel because i prefer it to to be more like all amigo learning spanish people can see me but it's not like all about me, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, the difficult part is to to let go first because <laughs> yeah. you can't control everything, and to to mix between uh, his way of doing and your way. So, for example, uh, when when he's uh, writing uh, an email sequence uh, for to sell, for example, after the webinar, people receive like a few emails. Uh, to to give more details about the program mm. and he's write, writing it and then uh, I get to read it again myself and I need to make it so that it's still my style you know yeah, a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. but I, I don't need to change everything because it's not possible you know to work like yeah. if I do if I rewrite everything so why do I do I have a marketer so that's difficult yeah but yeah i think the good part is like i'm working with a a friend Mm. so it's easier Uh, you have to a bit easier to trust each other right and i guess it's easier if you work with a friend but i'm letting i'm letting it go uh, more now for example for the the amount is spent in in advertising because i was like go go slowly (laughs) don't don't spend a lot but when you get the results you you say okay it's working so so i can criticize him and i need to yeah to let go and and but that's a good experience i think Uh, and it was very uh, difficult Mm. would you would you recommend people to to hire a marketer, for example, I guess it also really depends on what your own skills are, right? So how did you go about making that decision? Like content creation, is that the thing that you're passionate about and you just outsource the rest? I think, yeah, you, I think you need to think about like first, uh, which thing you prefer to do, but second, which thing you're best at, because sometimes it's different. So, uh, if you think about this for me, I don't like that much marketing. I, I find it interesting, but sometimes uh, the selling part is not really my thing. So it, if it was me, I wouldn't sell anything and I w- the business wouldn't work that well, you know. So you need someone more eager to sell. And uh, so I was more about uh, content creation and now, for example, I, I like the editing process, mm. but it takes a, a lot of time yeah. uh, 
of course you know so yeah. for example i like it but i think i should give it starting to outsource it because it's taking a lot of time and people do it other people will do it better than me so yeah, yeah i think you must you must ask yourself those two questions um the thing you're passionate about and the thing you're really good at and you can ask other people to to get this yeah. and a couple uh, friends of mine they have this channel about uh, teaching french to uh, brazilian people oh yeah and the good thing is that they are like a couple mm -hmm. and one is more about the marketing and uh, his girlfriend is more about the content yeah. so that's a good balance you know yeah. That's a good mix. So you sell, you mainly sell, well, you only sell to, um, to French speakers, basically. Do you think that the French market is different from the international market, for example, or you just said that you have a friend who teaches French to Brazilians? Um, like what's your, do you have the feeling that every market is different and are you doing certain things differently from what others are doing in the, in the international market, for example? Have you ever thought about that? Uh, I have some good examples because I have uh, those two friends who are on the Brazilian market and I have other friends who are in the Spanish market. Uh, so they help Spanish people learning French. Mm. So when we, dis when we discuss it, uh, they, they, they said to me that uh, prices are lower in yeah. Spanish market, for example. Mm. So it seems, it seems that it's, yeah, that, that you need to lower a bit your price, your prices when you're selling to Spanish market compared maybe to French market. And it seems that uh, people who are in the English market, mm -hmm. uh, English speakers, uh, you can have higher prices. Yeah. So I don't higher think French it's like always uh, that way but it it seems to be like that don't yeah. know what you think about this uh, yeah but i do not really have experience in selling in niche markets well i have a, a good friend of my johan techfuck from francais authentique actually you might know him uh, right so he uh, a lot of his buyers come from morocco so uh, yeah, so therefore we had like to lower the prices in order to convert in, in Morocco, Algeria and like the, the guys in in Northern Africa. So yeah, you have to, I guess, play around a bit with the pricing. But also, I guess the reasons why your audience want to learn Spanish, right? Because French people, you know, might have another reason to learn Spanish than Americans, for example. I mean, as you said, Spain, you know, just in the south of France and many people want to go to Spain to retire, Um my, many of your a big part of your audience might be older i, do, I don't know i'm just making assumptions here. yeah it's good to like, know your customer when you do your copywriting and then yeah because um on the channel now it's very uh, balanced there mm. are many people between 20 and 30 years old for example yeah. but the people who are buying exactly yeah they are more more than 40 years old even yeah, 50 yeah, years yeah. old and now it's starting to change a bit but it's my main uh my main my main clients are yeah. quite hard that's, yeah. 
That's very important to know, right? You want to know, yeah. you don't just want to know who's watching your videos on YouTube, but you want to know who's buying. Because mm -hmm. once you really understand them, you can create more products for them. Yeah, to target better. Yeah. And, and, and to target better when you run, for example, ads on, on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other important lessons that you have learned, let's say, over the last five years that you want to share with the listeners here? So. Um, okay, uh, I I think uh, the, the the first one is that if you keep trying, you you will you will succeed. Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm sure about this, and uh, I had a friend of mine uh, whose name is uh, Ed. You know you know him. Yeah, yeah, we all know Ed David <laughs> from the YouTube channel La Perfection Double Dutch. Yeah. And for for example, uh, I think you will succeed, but you 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 don't uh, you don't need to do many things or too much things because, mm -hmm. for example, many people that they try one thing, for example, the blog, mm -hmm. and they publish, they publish, and then they they give up and say, okay, that's not the good way, so we try on this way, yeah. and it's like digging a hole, yeah. and looking for gold but yeah, you yeah, stop yeah. Yeah. at about one meter and you yeah. try to dig another hole yeah. and you do it you know many times but the gold was three meters down for yeah, example exactly. and now you have like 10 holes 30 <laughs> centimeters each so i think you need to keep going and don't change your strategy yeah. or if you change uh, so it's in the same for example i i went from a blog to a YouTube channel, but uh, people were going and visitors from the blog. I had their email address, so I I sent them the YouTube videos. Yeah. So it wasn't like you know changing completely my business. Uh, it was more only more changing the platform, but I was keep publishing content for yeah. to teach Spanish. So it was yeah. the same, and uh, I did it for a long time. You know? yeah but it pays it pays off yeah yeah i really think that there's a pattern here of of you know people who eventually become successful and this is also what ollie always says and you know what we teach in our courses that you just pick one platform in the beginning and then you go all in and you do it for at least a year on a very consistent base because mm -hmm. in the beginning well actually there's not much that i have to add to that you said exactly <laughs> uh, but that, what people need to hear and uh uh, the second thing is that if you want to make it a, a business, many people tell me like, oh, I started this blog or this YouTube channel because I, I want to, to share this with the people. But at one point, I published many articles about many topics, you know, about culture, mm -hmm. travel, many things. But I noticed that people have a real need in, in the language field and sometimes you don't have uh, the same need for culture, you know, for example. Mm -hmm. So we all like uh, culture of foreign countries, for example. Mm -hmm. But it's not, for, to, for my business, it wasn't like the main topic because yeah. the main issue for people uh, first was the language. So yeah. sometimes you need to see what people need. And I think that's very important. So... You can publish for for your because you like to do it, but if you want to to step up, yeah, I think you need to figure out 
what people need to it's yeah. quite important yeah we we often you know we mentioned so often like having a million subscribers on youtube it doesn't mean anything yeah maybe you're making some money from adsense but you know it doesn't really mean that it's a real business you have a business when you solve a problem right so yeah. that's what you were what you were saying here like create content as a relevant create content content that's also a problem that people are looking for uh, exactly yeah. So where is, what, what's the future of Hola Amigo? Like, have you, have you reached your goals or you just want to keep growing? And, and what, what, what's the goal? Is the goal to, to quit your job and do what you love doing? Actually, you already did that. So what's, you know, for many people, that's already a huge achievement. So what's, what's next? So this month, I uh, created the company. Mm. We're gonna be, before it was like... Um, self-entrepreneur there is this status in france uh, which yeah. might be just be the same in belgium yeah. so uh now it's a bit different and i'm thinking a bit more about you know uh, how to to create um content like uh, books mm-hmm. or documentaries mm-hmm. so maybe i will find a way to i will keep creating more products and more uh, content but maybe use the money to invest in bigger projects mm-hmm. who don't uh, enable me to, to earn that much money, but were more about uh, making big, big things, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a book, uh, a documentary. I would, I would love to do some documentaries about Latin America, for example. Yeah. So I would try to found uh, those bigger projects mm. uh, uh, with uh, the actual business yeah yeah that's the main goal well we are looking forward to uh <laughs> to to seeing all of that where are you going to publish it and how can people find you if you want to learn more about you and about the business so, quite simple uh, youtube channel uh, Ola amigo h o l a m a Okay. I have an yeah, issue I know with English yeah. letters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you spell it for me? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Phew, man, I'm, I'm really bad. You put me on the spot, man. I'm also really bad at spelling <laughs> in any language, actually. So, all amigo, that's H H O L and then amigo. amigo. Okay, yeah, and it's yeah, all attached. So, yeah, uh, it's the main, main, the main thing. Yeah. And well, thank you, Pierre. Thank you for sharing yeah. some of the tips. Thank and, you. Uh, you know, all the lessons well, that you have learned interview. on the journey. Yeah, really a pleasure. Looking forward to talking to you next time, hopefully in person at the uh, next. Yeah, for our next event after all the, this crisis. Exactly. And then we also, of course, invite our listeners to join us there as well. So make sure to, to go to langpreneur.com and sign up for the mailing list because that's where we keep, um, that's where you keep, where we keep you up to date. Thanks for listening, Pierre. Thank you very much. Bye. Want to learn how you can grow your language business or maybe meet us at one of our upcoming events? Then go to our website, langpreneur.com. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.